0: and welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest I'm really excited for. It is documentary photographer Raina Santos. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much, Marissa. It's my pleasure to be with you today. I've been looking forward to this for a while.
0: So it's really funny how I heard about your work. So Star Wars, they always have these conventions and these celebrations, and they were having one this year in Anaheim. And so my parents attended and I was coming a day later. So the day they were there, they saw a panel. That's your panel. And it's called, this is the diversity that we are looking for, race and body positivity. And they raved about it and loved it. The day I came, they're like, Marissa, you have to interview her you would love it and so I was like let's do it and I was now I have my own little personal panel going on <laughs> I get to hear everything so I'm really excited that we're able to do this and that you can share your journey and talk about Phantom and Star Wars what was that like just first off to do that panel for Star Wars
1: I can't begin to tell you what for me what a huge fantasy it was to be able to do this type of panel I started going I think it was celebration three. I never heard of Star Wars celebration or conventions of any kind. I grew up poor. I didn't know any of this stuff at all. And once, you know, as I became an adult, I found out about it. I'm like, oh my God, I love Star Wars. I, I have to, I have to be part of it. And from the beginning, it was just, it opened up a new way of loving Star Wars and appreciating Star Wars. One, to be around other people that love Star Wars was incredible. I think for many Star Wars fans, we pay thousands of dollars to be around each other. And one story that I hear all the time is, I'm the only one in my friend group, or you know, people you know make fun of me or things like that. And for me, that's all true. I learned to hide my Star Wars love from a super early, early age. And so being able to be around other people that loved it the way that I did was incredibly empowering for me and then in these conventions i saw how differently people expressed their love for star wars not just through going and loving the celebrities and taking photos but people that loved all the books you know authors people that you know are droid builders that they would do replicas of robots people that cosplay people that collected so many different ways to love Star Wars. And I was immediately fascinated with all of that. And so in 2015, I just started my photo career and I told, I was part of the Bronx Photo League. And I told my counterparts that, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to go to this convention and maybe I'll take my camera and maybe I'll photograph. And, and it was wonderful, but also a curse too, because everybody then expected the photos. And I had never done a set assignment like that before. And I've never done an assignment that was so personal. Like, oh my god, I'm going to be really I'm coming out with my nerddom, you know? Yeah. Because I wanted to photograph fans that look like me. I wanted I was photographing plus-size women and fans of color. From the beginning, it was terrifying. I didn't think I was good enough as a photographer to do it. I didn't have the skills. But really quickly, I just saw that what really pushed me forward was my love for Star Wars and the level of kinship that I had with people that I interviewed because I interviewed everyone that I photographed. And from then on, I said, why can't I have a panel? There was one other photo panel that I had seen in another Star Wars convention. And it was cool, but it didn't really speak to me at all. And I'm like, mm, and no shade to that dude, but uh, I think I could do it better. I think, you know, what I have to say is more complex. I think it's more timely, how Star Wars is changing, you know. And during, uh, this is before COVID I applied and everything stopped because COVID came. The convention that year was canceled and I never heard from them whether I got in or not. So yep. when they opened up panels again, I applied again. and girl. It was a super short description. I worked on it like it was a dissertation and I turned it in and I got approved and I got got accepted with my panel and presenting that panel was a fantasy come true. And in all honesty, I hope that it's only the beginning for me and being able to really engage with Star Wars in this artistic and academic way. It was it was amazing. And so it was also meant to be. Like, your parents got to go. I know. I was, it was amazing. I was, I just, I, I had no idea who would come. And it's like throwing a party, you know? Is anyone going to even
0: show yes, up? And, yes, yes. Uh,
1: but I did, you know, not out of ego, but I did count. It was 55 people that came that's to. That's really
0: good, though. I think that's good. I think it's so interesting. You can find any aspect of Star Wars and make it your own. Costumes, art, like you said, droid building. People have pins. You have stationery. It's become more mainstream, and it's really nice that like your panel talks about creating this fandom that's more inclusive,
1: bringing more people in. Um, yeah, absolutely, you know, and I think that especially in the time that we live today, you know, where we're facing, we're truly going backwards in so many ways. Dealing with women's rights, dealing with rights of people of color, with you know, indigenous people, we are in a really unique moment in history. And I think that creating space for people that are othered is imperative in being able to empower someone to not just exist and feel comfortable in that space, but also to demand for more. That's one thing I shot this year, too, you know, during Star Wars Celebration and at Anaheim. I usually try to interview. I, I photograph first and then I interview second. And a recurring theme in the interviews is that people, well, I want more. I've seen this and it's cool that I'm seeing this, you know, and uh, I'm seeing this character and there's more Latino and Jimmy Smiths. You know, I, I know all the Puerto Ricans in the star Wars lexicon, <laughs> you know, I'm Puerto Rican, but being able to, to see it, it allows you to say like, well, what about seeing more of this or more of that, you know, there's been hints of, you know, queer relationships in Star Wars, but nothing ever really specific. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, it's like, no, I want more specificity. I want to see myself on screen. And so, I think being able to do these kind of projects to highlight people that have been othered, that have been pushed out. And literally, honestly, you know, when I first started to really delve into the Star Wars fandom and, and universe as just a fan, you know, not as a mm-hmm. photographer. Um, there were instances where, you know, spaces where I didn't feel comfortable, where I didn't feel wanted. And I wasn't down for that. This Star Wars galaxy is too huge and too complex for that to happen. And in a way it's, you know, let's really live as fans, the model of Star Wars, which is about inclusivity. It's about, you know, uh, the underdog. Winning against the dominant, you know, restrictive culture and really living that reality. Star Wars is incredibly political. Mm -hmm. And people that don't acknowledge that, I think, you know, are not being honest with themselves. And so for me, doing this project was really selfish. I wanted to see photos of people that look like me. I want to be part because I've been a hardcore Star Wars fan since as long as I can remember since I was a little kid and watched Star Wars for the first time and if I'm able to really help other people feel like they belong and ask for more demand more from Disney like no I want to see more characters I want to see more of this I want these type of stories I want more complexity I think the better
0: how cool to that. If you don't see it, you make it happen. I'm going to take charge and say, I want to see this. So let's do it. And Star Wars was the celebration was like, yeah, bring, come on, bring it on the panel and do it. What was the response like after your panel? Did people come up to you or what was that like?
1: One, you know, I, I made sure that, that we had enough time for Q and A. Q&A, Cause that's the most interesting when people are yes. able to, I, I feel, you know, when I go to panels. You oh, know, I was I'm only like, gonna ask, Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, or I want to ask a question. Like I want to, I want to be heard. I, I want someone to, to validate me or, you know, I want to have this conversation. Like I've been, you know, waiting for two years to ask, to talk about this subject yes. or this question or this character. So I made sure that we made a lot of time in the, in the panel for, for questions. I was really taken with how intense the questions were, you know, about the fandom and how appreciative so many of the audience members were that the panel was just happening. At the end, there was um, we had a lot of people coming and talk, and you're just so flattered because you know you're. I did. I wrote all this by myself. You're shooting alone. You know. Oh, yeah. you're You're editing alone, and so to show this stuff to people, you hope that people like it or that people really get it. You know, the motivation of why doing this, why this work is important. In the larger scope of Star Wars, period. And so there was this young woman who came up and she started tearing up and she was just saying how glad she was to have been there and to hear what I had to say about photos. And she told me about her art. And, and it was just incredible, especially being able to commune and create community with younger people, you know, to hopefully set that model mm-hmm. for them. And it just floored me because you are alone when you create so much Mm -hmm. and, and the largest, you know, and and biggest compliment is when someone is affected by what you create. And so that was incredible for me. And it made all the late nights, all of the edits. Yep. (laughs) Girl, I started working on my presentation before I was even accepted. (laughs) I was like, I have to, I'm gonna start doing my sequencing. Uh, you know, what font am I gonna use? Yes. You know? So I had to. I started so, so that it really is all worth it. And for me, in all honesty, this for me was really my coming out to the Star Wars fandom community. I want to be known as a Star Wars photographer. I want to photograph fans, not just you know. I live in New York State, in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and not just in the Bronx or New York City. Um, but also nationally and hopefully internationally to be able to really weave these stories of fandom, you know, together and what Star Wars means to so many people, the similarities and the differences of those meanings.
0: It's crazy just seeing some of the fans and how just the spectrum of how serious people are and how like, oh, I'm just here because I saw the movie or the new TV show. And it's like some people have things they want autographed. And I just love we can, you know, disagree on things. We can come together for this this film or this book or just the whole franchise, which I love. What was it about Star Wars that made you first fall in love? You
1: know, people ask me that question all the time. And it's hard to answer. Because for me, Star Wars has been in my life as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I think I was a little girl when my dad took me to go see it with my other siblings in Puerto Rico. At that time I couldn't speak English. I really couldn't read that fast either. So I didn't really, I had no idea what was going on in the movies. And I kept asking my sisters, what's happening? Like what's going on? Like, tell me, what is this? Who is that person? Yeah. And of course as the little sister, everyone's telling you to be quiet. No one told me anything. But Marissa from the first scene in Star Wars episode four, A New Hope, <laughs> uh 1977 yeah um I was just completely blown away and I remember just loving it so much and being terrified by Darth Vader and and taking the music was so beautiful and the visuals were so striking and a lightsaber and and a Jedi, what the hell is that? And, 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 but it was, even if I didn't understand what it was, because I didn't, I didn't have, I, I couldn't speak English. I had no idea what was going on. It was, it became part of my fiber of my being. It just, it became part of my spirit. And I think something, you know, that I really, really needed, you know, in, in my life. So so I know exactly what it was when I first saw it I think like everybody else who I see documentaries adults going to see it and then lining up again and going to see the movie yes. right after it was a phenomenon and I was one of those people that was taken. that maybe genetically there was something about <laughs> it that it just hit a nerve but for me I was one of those people and um, I watched how that Christmas My little brother got Star Wars action figures. My older sister got a big uh, Princess Leia Barbie. And I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything Star Wars. And it was, I just wanted to possess it in any way whatsoever. I can't totally describe it because it is such a deep feeling that I have. And even to this day, when I watch Star Wars movies or the shows, listen to music, to the soundtracks, you know, read the books, uh, listen to the podcasts. That feeling is still the same. I I, I'm transported back to my childhood and to that level of ecstasy that only little kids can feel. I've been bullied my whole life because of of Star Wars, you know, people, you know, thinking, you know, calling me a nerd or weird, a lot of not nice things. Mm -hmm. And I never understood why people would bully me because Star Wars had nothing to do with anybody else. It was something I did on my own and it wasn't hurting anybody. How is me watching a movie hurting anyone? But as I became an adult, I began to understand that as you get older, people stop liking things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and people stop feeling deeply about things. And when people would look at me like, I feel sorry, oh, you like Star Wars. I'm like, I'm, I feel sorry for you that you don't have a Star Wars in your life. And how yes. much you're missing out, you know, it's, it's a feeling, it's, it's a callback memory to incredible times, but it's also, as I grow up, it, it changed into really believing deeply in justice. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars, like I said before, is very political. And as a Puerto Rican person, I understood what Fight for Freedom was about. And it is about hope, literally, in the worst of times. You know, it's about resilience. It's about also creating community with other people. And it is about believing that justice will prevail even if you don't see it. That's how come Rogue One was so impactful. <laughs> and spoilers, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> but all the main people you know, get killed off as they're trying to, to get these plans. And it was crazy because you really felt the sacrifice mm. that they talked about in one line in Star Wars, New Hope. And, and I think as people, we really need to come together and to fight and not give up, you know, on our right, not be, you know, not let apathy win. Mm. And so for me now, Star Wars, it, it means so much more than, uh, than it did when I was a little girl, but I'm glad that it, it, I'm able to, trans. it's like a time machine for me. I'm able to transport myself, you know, as a young person and just giving myself permission to love something very, very deeply.
0: I love that art and film like Star Wars can bring you back to like a sense of nostalgia. And then it, it carries, it stays with you as you grow, it grows with you. Like he's talked about and how it's paralleled you can use as a parallel to society. And I have to ask, who's your favorite Star Wars character?
1: These are all dangerous questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know they're probably so hard or like your first instinctual.
1: Well, when I was little, I loved Luke because I wanted to be a Jedi. I wanted to have a lightsaber. I wanted to move stuff with my mind. Yes. <laughs> and control people, like, as a kid, like, no, I want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> um, but also, I related to him. He was young and trying to figure life out. And I was young and trying to figure stuff out, too. I saw Empire Strikes Back in the United States. We moved uh, from Puerto Rico to To the United States during that time. And so Star Wars also took different meanings for me too. There was Billy D. Williams, who is, you know, the first, you know, main character of color in Star Wars. And it was amazing for me because I'm like, oh, he looked like one of my uncles. Mm. Like he looked like he could be a cousin of mine, someone that I recognize very much. And that was incredible for me to be able to see that on, on Star Wars. And as a person of color. Early on, you learn to love things that don't represent you. And Star Wars, I've been incredibly loyal to Star Wars, but it hadn't represented me, you know, specifically. That was incredibly impactful. But as a little, little girl, I loved Luke because I wanted to be a Jedi. And then as I got older, you know, and I became a woman, my favorite character is Leia, you know? She's resilient, strong, a leader. And just an incredible example. And Carrie Fisher, she was the person to see at the celebrations. Yes. She was honest and Long most
0: importantly, life, man. and
1: all she just told you everything. Even before she wrote her book, like she would tell you all the stories that she divulged in, in her last um, in her last book about you know what went on um, behind the scenes at Star Wars. But also, she was hilarious, and I loved her use of humor. But my real favorite character in Star Wars has not been created yet because I'm waiting for there to be a plus size amazing chick yes. that's Latina, in live action. And that, that um, character I'm going to cosplay every single day yes. and every, every Halloween <laughs> and I'm waiting for that. And for the first time in my life, It feels like a possibility and to live with that is is incredible but you know don't get me wrong girl I'm you know like that that meme you know when it comes to Star Wars I'm down for anything
0: like yeah you know
1: I lived in you know in the desert of Star Wars where there were only movies on VHS that I recorded off the TV okay that I would watch with commercials and um so for me um, anything that, that comes out, I'm, I'm super down for, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that Latina plus size girl. I'm waiting mm, for her. Me
0: too. Yes. I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about photography and how you got into that art form. So can you talk about how that, how you even got started with that?
1: I've always been in love with photography since I was a little kid. When we moved from, uh, Puerto Rico to California, mm-hmm. Like a very stereotypical, and you know, even though Puerto Ricans are not immigrants, but immigrant like story, we lost all of our photos on the four or five freeway that fell off the top of our station wagon. And so I grew up with only having maybe two or three photos of me as a child. And kind of connecting that, like not really having images that represent you, make you a little obsessed about photos. And so I've always loved images, the possibility of what they could capture, and more importantly, the history. And someone, you know, and being part of a family that moved a lot, you know, documenting history was really important. But we also grew up, you know, pretty poor, and a cam. we didn't have cameras a lot of the time during my childhood. So I grew up understanding the importance of having a camera and documenting what was going on. And I just loved, I became the family archivist and documentarian one summer in, during college. I had nothing to do. And so like so many families, they have. we had a suitcase full of loose photos.
0: <laughs>
1: and that kind of represented the history of our family. And so I took an entire summer and became an investigator and just put all these images together and try to put, you know, events together with each other. And I made 14 albums that summer. And I really do believe that was the beginning of me really falling in love with photography and documentation but never did I think it was going to be a career or something that I could actually follow. I lived in Spain for a few years. And of course, you know, being in Europe, there's so many beautiful things to photograph and so inspirational. And while I was there, I really was getting into street photography, which I didn't even know was street photography at the time. I had I just was taking photos of my life. And once I moved back to the United States, I gave myself one year, you know, like, why don't you try this photography thing? Like, try to figure out what it is. What do you like before you go to grad school to become a psychologist? Give yourself one year. And, you know, that year has turned into nine years. Wow. And I've been incredibly gifted and lucky to have met incredible people throughout my career that have really helped me in, uh, in honing my skills. I'm a self-taught photographer. I was going to ask, no formal training, self-taught.
0: Yeah. No girl, no formal training. I wish,
1: I wish I would have could go back in time in college. And I'm like, take photography. (laughs) Um, But no formal training. Mm -hmm. But once I decided to do Star Wars, I found this new place in the Bronx called the Bronx Documentary Center. Mm -hmm. And I would go every Friday and they would have photo talks. And that was my beginning. That was basically my grad school for photography. And I, you know, later joined the Bronx Photo League Mm -hmm. as part of that collective. And that's really where I learned so much. I was older than everybody else in those rooms. I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? I should just go to grad school. Like I'm not making any money, you know, this is ridiculous. But the beautiful thing at the time is that I, when I moved from Europe, I I moved in with my father who is an artist. He's uh, he, he was a musician, a composer, arranger, a musician in Latin music. And he was so supportive of me trying to just figure out this whole photography thing. And so the first thing that, you know, my photography friend said was photograph what's around you. And what happened to be around me is this super duper famous guy that I'm living with, my dad, you know, Papi. And I started photographing him. And that was really the beginning of me doing a long-term documentary project. And so I really learned the craft through photographing, you know, my father. And that process also, I think, really allowed us to get incredibly close. And How long was
0: that? Did you photograph him for? Was it like over a year, a couple months?
1: I photographed him for eight years
0: wow
1: in that period i became his manager so i was his music manager and i also became his caregiver you know he'd be you know the decline of of older adults you know happened and i was there for that you know there are a lot of images of his decline that i i never shared you know he wanted to keep a certain level of public persona you know because he said you know if people see me in a particular way they're gonna think i can't work and my father worked all the way until until he passed It really taught me so much about the challenges of photographing a loved one, the challenge of seeing someone change, you know, physically, and also the challenging of photographing someone that you're actually literally taking care of. You know, I would get critiqued with my, about my photos, which is fine, you know, like (laughs) you want to learn, but people are like, well, you know, you should have done this angle or that. And I'm like, I'm holding him up as I'm taking this photo, you know, or he handed me his wallet as I'm trying to take this photo or he wanted me to do this. And that really opened up for me wanting to be a champion in the conversation of what's more important, the aesthetic or the story?
0: I was going to say, ask you, like, as a documentary photographer, is it, is it your goal to tell a story? Is it to capture a certain person? Is it, is it to elicit a certain emotion with that person that you're um, photographing?
1: For me, documentary photography is really one about the initial story, the initial idea. Who do you want to document? And why? Why is that important? And for me, I truly gravitate towards people that are othered. People that have been made to feel invisible. We turn our backs to older adults. You know, once, you know, we live in an incredibly ageist society.
0: They have so much knowledge and, though, you know, it's like you should really not turn your back on adult to older adults because they have so much wisdom.
1: <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> right. It. So much so that now I am a teaching artist and I teach documentary photography to older adults. That's what I do now. That's one of one of the many jobs. I have many jobs. That's one of the jobs that I do. And it really came out of, you know, me being my father's caregiver and understanding the seeing and then understanding and trying to deal with the challenges that he faced every day, how people treated him, the kind of care that he needed. And, you know, I also, you know, as growing up, you know, as, you know, Puerto Ricans, we take care of our family. I helped my mom take care of her mother, take care of her father. I helped my father take care of my grandmother. So for me, taking care of older people has always been normal and something that I've done since I was a little kid. And so taking care of my dad was unexpected, but it turned out to be the most amazing experience of my life. And I think it changed me. And then the opportunity to teach older adults, it was like the universe is really moving. I feel like it's such a privilege because I want to empower older adults for them to see themselves as important, regardless of where we live, to really fight ageism that they face every single day and to take up space. And more importantly, to express themselves. You know, that we can all be artists and being able to, to partake in artistic things, artistic endeavors is so incredibly important to our soul on an everyday level. That's how come I love cell phones. Like I'm not an elitist when it comes to equipment at all. I mean, you know, if I could afford a Leica, I would, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But also to me, photography should be about accessibility. So,
0: you know, or it should be an accessible. That's
1: absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I started photography and photographing, you know, my dad just to practice but then it became a project. I was able to do my first solo exhibition in the United States with the show named Hashtag Papi El Maestro, which were images of of my dad. And through that exhibition, the New York Times.
0: I saw that and I looked at those photos. I said, I really feel like not like I know him, but those photos I think really do tell a story. And you get a sense of like Respect out of them, and a sense of solitude.
1: And a lot of the, you know, and you know, not a lot. Most of the times, it's just him and me. It was just us, mm-hmm. and he really supported me. And I wanted to give up all the time. I'm like, I'm not good enough. This is hard, or you know, like I'm too Constant old. Are <laughs> struggle? <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And when I would, I would talk to him. He was, you know, he he went through it all himself. You know, he was you know, musician since he was a child and he was in music his entire life. And, and he would really give me a lot of wonderful, wonderful advice. So for me, documentary photography is about really being able to shed light on people that have been ignored, uh, shedding light on situations that should be given more importance. That's what I want to photograph. That's what I'm into. Do you have
0: any exciting projects coming up that you want to share? Anything that you're looking forward to?
1: Absolutely. The first thing, you know, I really want to do is I want this panel was for me to really be able to present myself to formally to Star Wars fandom. As the Star Wars photographer, I want to take portraits of as many Star Wars fans as I possibly can all over the world so I would love for people to contact me if they want me to photograph them and um, you can find me on Instagram Twitter and Facebook under Raina Santos and then also you can look at my website and contact me through there which is rainasantos.com R H Y N N A S A N T O S. So I really want to be able to continue my projects, you know, in a much deeper way. I mean, I want to photograph at cons, but I want to move out of that and to move into people's personal spaces, into their their homes, and 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 really see how they how they express fandom. I'm also working on a photo book of images of my father. I think is really really important, you know, for for legacy of my father, you know, at the end of my work, I really want to encourage people and to uplift them, you know, that regardless of, you know, how much money you have of, or how old you are to engage with photography, to take photos, to express yourself, you know, through art. And so I'm hoping um, later on this year, I'm going to move on to doing some plus size nudes. And then also have a Another Star Wars project that I haven't begun yet, but it's a secret still. And so I want to. That's
0: exciting. No,
1: I'm very excited about this. I I started some prep work at the last celebration. So I'm hoping to, to be able to do that. And then just continuing my teaching. I teach older adults digital photography, and I'm also a college counselor for High school kids who are also in the arts. So I'm doing I'm doing all of that. All the
0: things. Well, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions because they're so fun. Before we end, okay. So when you're not busy with photography, what do you like to do for yourself?
1: I love to watch movies. You know, I love um, beautiful images. Um, I love to read. You know, and lose myself in. In a book, and during the pandemic, I've become a nature lover. Okay. I lay down on grass now, like with my <laughs> blanket. So okay. I actually, yeah. So I've actually, um, I've I've started to do a lot of outside um, activities, and I love I love playing tennis. So Ooh. I will force anyone to play tennis with me.
0: <laughs> um, favorite female artist of any kind of art. Uh,
1: the first person that jumps out at me was uh, painter Frida Kahlo. Mm. She changed me when I was a teenager, you know, her, I related to her pain and her ability to, um, she documented her life through her paintings. And mm. that for me was incredibly impactful. And also her being Mexicana, being Latina and being world famous was, was incredibly meaningful for me, but I, I love her work.
0: Mm favorite Star Wars quote
1: do or do not there is no try
0: Mm, good one so what's your favorite film besides Star Wars Mm,
1: my (laughs) friend asks me this all the time um one of my favorite films outside of Star Wars um I love film but one of my favorite I just watched it I love these and confused okay (laughs) I love that movie I love these regular kids hanging out, and we get to follow them for a day. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. I love that movie, but I love many, many of the movies too. But yes. I just recently watched that one.
0: <laughs> uh, the last great book you read?
1: Oh, I just reread *The Alchemist*. Okay, I read that. Yeah, I go, I go back to it a lot. You know, periodically in my life, it's um, it's a super quick read, mm-hmm. super short Beautiful book. Cover it's, it's, I actually give it, give it away to people, Pablo Coilo, he's an incredible, he's able to, you know, give incredible life, huge life messages, in these very, you know, what seem to be simple stories, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, messages to live by, and very, you know, um, spiritual, and so mm-hmm. I, I love that.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we were able to talk. And sh- I want to watch Star Wars now.
1: <laughs> I want to watch Star Wars with you. I'm like, well, I want to ask you questions. Like, I know. He's your know. favorite character. What my-
0: you really do you do? My favorite character changes. I really like Chewbacca because I met I met Peter Mayhew a lot. We have the same crazy curly hair. and He's always just been really nice. So Incredible. that changes, though. But, and I love Obi-Wan, too. Yeah. I love E. McGregor. I just base it off the actual actor, not the character. But... <laughs>
1: I, well, I mean, it's, you know, and also to me, what's interesting, I would love to interview you just about having Star Wars parents.
0: That is an interesting one. I've always grown up with Star Wars. Conventions were the normal thing. I guess the same thing as when I was younger, you know, you don't want to like share your fandom or it's like you're a nerd or whatever. But then as you get older, it's, I don't really care anymore what people think. I've met a lot of cool people through it and um, people love it. So... Yeah. That's, that's an that's, interesting one for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: I love, I love photographing Star Wars families. Like whoever is, you know, is yes. uh, bringing, it's, it's an amazing, uh, amazing thing. I, I I love, I love to see it. So when you wrote and you said, Oh, my parents, I'm like, oh, your parents? Like that's oh, yes. amazing. <laughs>
0: like, like that's so cool. And it's so funny as I've grown older and I've just gained a greater appreciation for, I think, behind the scenes work of the films Absolutely. rather than rather than like the films themselves, but just seeing how, what people have done and so that's really impactful for me as an artist myself that's beautiful, beautiful. you know
1: it's um you should also check out i, I was part of this documentary called um, looking for leia okay looking right. for leia and um it was i was so privileged to be part of it it's a six or seven episode um documentary okay. and um and it's about women who love star wars and it definitely, to be able to be in a space to talk about Star Wars in such an academic and, and elevated way was my fantasy. And so I really, I really loved it. But you know, it's uh Please give my thanks to your parents
0: for I telling will. you about
1: me and and letting me be part of your podcast. I can't yes. wait. Yes,
0: oh, they're gonna love it. I can't wait to tell them about it. They're gonna yeah. they're list- my first listeners.
1: <laughs> we're all friends now, okay? Yes, so we're all friends. We're all Star Wars friends now, and so. <laughs> You know, being able to, to create that community and, and get it mm-hmm. and get it bigger. But it was such a pleasure. I really want to hey. thank you so much for thinking of me.
0: Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's been listening in. Stay tuned for another episode next month.